near-death experience podcast, an ongoing exploration of spiritually transformative experiences, including NDEs and other phenomena, in order to elucidate the ineffable and better understand our spirituality. All episodes are available at ndepodcast.org. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and guests are not necessarily those of NDE Podcast, the NDERF, any sponsors, or for that matter, anyone else. In the end, the only opinion that really matters is yours. Near-Death Experience Podcast, item number 388, May 17th, 2022. The NDE of Johnny D. Before Chaz reads this NDE, I want to remind everyone that I will be posting the first of the 19 Patreon episodes starting this Thursday. Also, I'm working on some interviews And I appreciate those of you who have written in and contacted me asking for more interviews. Nice to know that you want to hear them. And thanks for listening. Okay, here's Chaz. Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, the official source of audio accounts for the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, What Near-Death Experiences May Teach About Life on the Other Side as well as the composer of the music album, Home, both of which can be found on our website, neardeathexperiencepodcast.org. Also, ndepodcast.org will get you there. Um, Before we get into today's experience, let me make a quick announcement. Um, I'm going to need to take a short break from recording the podcast, just for a few months. Um, I do intend to come back, so... Hopefully you'll hear from me again soon, and we do have a few in the tank ready to, you know, come up, so you're probably going to be hearing this, um, you know, a month after I've already announced it anyway, so you may be, you know, closer to that time that I return, but I just wanted to give that as a, as a heads up at the beginning before we get started. So, today we're going to share the experience of Johnny from Enderf.org. Johnny says... As a boy of about 13, I was standing on a bridge that was also a dam. I was leaning against an aluminum light pole that got hit by a bolt of lightning. It knocked me out. My stepdad saw it and tried to revive me by CPR and heat massage. As I lay there on the road, I was in a deep, dark place that was absolutely inky black. I couldn't see anything. After what seemed like a minute, the blackness gave way to a gray. And then there was a white cloud. Then there was absolute clearness, as if I was floating in space. Then I began to travel at a really fast pace, yet I felt no wind or sound. All of the stars seemed to blur as the speed increased in a tunnel of light. At the end of the tunnel, I saw a bright pinpoint of light. As I got closer, the light got bigger until I entered the light. 
I found myself in a beautiful realm that had mountains and very green grass and the bluest sky. I saw a small winding creek about a hundred yards in front of me. It sparkled as it reflected the sunlight. The water was clear as liquid air, so clean-looking. In the distance, I saw a tree that was about 400 to 500 feet high, but probably closer to 500 yards away. The tree had many colors in its leaves, like gold, green, brown, and yellow. The tree sparkled like it had lots of diamonds on it. With a blink of an eye, I was next to this tree within a second. I was looking at each leaf and could see what was reflecting all the dazzling little colors of light. There were raindrops reflecting the rainbow within each drop of each of the colored leaves the raindrops rested upon. As I looked back in awe at the distance I traveled, I saw a rocky outcrop of large stones to my left. Instantly I knew somebody important was waiting for me there. I also saw some figures of people far in the distance who were wearing brightly fluorescent colors. I again turned my attention to the rocky outcrop and proceeded towards it. Within moments, I was there. I saw a girl of about 18 or 19 years old that I knew was my soulmate. She saw me at the same time I saw her. I saw a look of surprise on her face. It was then that I realized I had just left this place and re had returned after only a few minutes. Yet, by my earthly time, I had been gone the thirteen years of my age. It was confusing. My soulmate was dressed very differently than the other beings I'd seen in the distance. She was wearing a green outfit like you would think Robin Hood would be wearing. She also had very short hair like a boy, and her skin was almost completely alabaster white like marble. As I approached her, she seemed to be telling me that it was not yet my time and that I couldn't stay. I remember pleading with her and crying to let me stay, but she said I had things to witness, and then I could come back and stay as long as I wanted to. With that, she waved her hand, and I was drawn back into the same tunnel of light I had come through. You would think this is the end of the story, but it isn't. It's only the beginning. As I returned to where my body lay, I saw my stepdad doing uh, CPR and trying to revive me. Even when he was giving mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation, I saw a bit of steam exit my mouth. Within an instant, I was pulled back into my body. As I opened my eyes, I developed a severe hatred for my stepdad for bringing me back. I blamed him for my return although this would later wear off, and I realized he was just trying to save my life. I stayed in bed for about three weeks because I was too severely sore to move. We didn't have money to take me to the hospital at that time. I never told my mom or stepdad what I experienced, 
I listened to a great many so-called experts who said that people who experienced this kind of situation were suffering from lack of oxygen as the body shuts down and the brain starts to suffocate. I was confused for a great many years thereafter. I wanted to believe it was real. Then one day I was watching a TV show on NDEs. They were having a group discussion by people who had been declared dead but lived. As they were going from person to person, they came to a guy who said he too had been electrocuted. He had been adjusting his roof antenna as it touched a power line, and the electricity had knocked him off the roof. As I sat there listening to him, he started saying everything that I had experienced 17 years earlier. He said everything in the same order that I did and described exactly what I saw. He saw the grass that was so green and the sky that was so beautiful. He talked about the crystal clear babbling brook that shimmered in the sunlight. He saw the tree with all the multicolored leaves shimmering like sparkling glitter. He saw, said that he saw the sunlight sparkling through each raindrop on each leaf. He talked about seeing a young teenage girl of about 19 or 20 years old who was sitting on a bunch of large stones off to his left. She also was wearing something like a green Tinkerbell outfit, much like what I described as a Robin Hood outfit. She said the girl told him it was not his time yet and that he must return until it was time for him to come back. I almost lost my breath because there were too many similarities for this to be a coincidence, I knew then what I experienced had been real. My life changed forever at that point. I knew that there was life after death, that there was a heaven, that there must be a God in heaven, and that Jesus Christ was real. To this day, I often profess my love of our Father in heaven and accept Christ as my Savior. With this said, I share this story with all. Love God. Love Christ. Amen. Johnny. And that is the end of Johnny's account. And what a beautiful account it is. I, I find this kind of interesting for several uh, reasons. One of them being... He's hearing a description, you know, after he comes back and it's years later, uh, he hears somebody else on TV describing a near-death experience that matched his precisely. I have not yet come across that. They tend to overlap a great deal. Lots of tunnels, lots of landscapes, lots of blackness, lots of... uh, of meeting loved ones or, you know, other light beings. I mean, there's lots of similarities between them, but this might be the first time that I've heard a description of sufficiently many unique details being the same. I'm not sure what to make of that. I honestly don't know because he's seeing this young woman in the near-death experience as his soulmate. But if it's his soul, you know, I assume by that that it was going to be somebody he would meet in his life and would marry or, you know, fall in love with or something. Um, But he doesn't say anything about that having been the case. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe he meets her later. It's hard to say. But 
how does that correlate with the man on the TV seeing this person? And does he also recognize her as his soulmate? Or is this, you know, the other guy's soulmate happening to tell this guy that it's not his time? And this experience had happened 17 years earlier, before um, Johnny was ever born. So, well, okay, let me take that back, because he does say it's years later. Let's see. Uh, yeah, many years thereafter, um, watching a TV show. So, you know, if it was only a couple, or if it was within just maybe four years, then it would have been before Johnny was born that the first man's experience will have taken place. And I guess it doesn't really make a difference whether you know, uh, Johnny had been born yet at the time that, uh, the man on the TV had his near-death experience, but especially since age is certainly not a thing on the other side, but it does bring up that question of if they're seeing this same individual on the other side, maybe the two of them, the, you know, Johnny and the guy on the TV are somehow connected family or, or otherwise, maybe they were friends on the other side or something. I don't know, but I, you know, the the whole thing that I'm getting out of all of that is just how interesting it is that they had an identical, from what I can tell, identical near-death experience. Now, whether it was precisely the same or whether they just returned to the same place and encountered the same person, I don't know. Though there might be a clue as to that in what Johnny says about time which is the other thing that I find particularly interesting about this experience. While Johnny is looking into the face of this girl that he uh, sees as his soulmate, um, he realizes, he says, it was then that I realized I had just left this place and had returned after only a few minutes. Okay, let's talk about that for a second. So from his perspective in this place, with this girl, he is, it's, he suddenly realizes, oh, I just left. So he was just in that place. He was there. And then it's like he took this break of just a few minutes to go to earth and live his life as Johnny. And as he's looking into her surprised face, he realizes that he just left and had returned after only a few minutes. And then he says, yet by my earth time, I had been gone the 13 years of my age. It was confusing. And this I have heard of in other near-death experiences. This realization or recognition that our life on earth is just a brief blip of time from the uh, perspective of our spirit. So when Johnny's spirit returns and he's only been gone his 13 years, it feels to him as a spirit, he just left after a few minutes, you know. It's kind of like if somebody was going to go to, you know, in that you're, you're at a theater, maybe you're not going into the movie, but you're dropping off your friend and you're just going to go play video games while you wait or something. Okay. And so, so you go over and you start playing an arcade and immediately he comes back and you're like, well, how, wait, did, didn't you go into the movie? And, you know, or, you know, 
shouldn't the movie be going by now? And and he's kind of like, what? You know, <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, the movie's just started. You got to go back and finish the movie. That's kind of the uh, the uh, way I'm looking at this um, incident from the perspective of the girl. She sees the boy come back, and she's like, "Well, wait, what are you doing? You got to go back. You're not done yet." And from a time perspective, that seems to be how it's being perceived by uh, both of them. Because even Johnny himself says that he realizes he's only been gone a few minutes. And that few minutes comprised the 13 years of his age. Now, if a few minutes makes 13 years, and I'm sure that a few minutes is just kind of a, a rough idea based on perception at the moment then 80 or 90 years is probably just a few more minutes. You know what I mean? Go and play the arcade, play two rounds of Mario Brothers or something, and time's up. That's it. We're not gone for a long time. It feels long here. Of course it does. Our brains have this start and stop mechanism that tells us that... that you know, it was a long time ago that we were either in school or a long time ago that we were a child or a long time ago that this or that. And it feels that way. It absolutely feels that way. Anybody who's got to wait in any kind of line knows that time seems to pass slowly at times. And yes, there are times when time seems to pass quickly, but it's not a few minutes, you know. It seems like I just graduated, yet yeah, it doesn't seem like it was a few minutes ago. It seems like it was just a few years ago, and yet it was over 20 years ago. It still does seem like it was a long time ago, yet to a spirit, this life is not a long time. And I think that's more than just the idea of, well, you're there for eternity, you come for 100 years, and then go back. Well, of course it seems like a short time. No. I think it's actually perceived as a few minutes, you know, mentally. I think it genuinely feels like a blip. It's a very short time. Almost what you might consider, you know, if you ever go to a theme park and ride a, uh, you know, a roller coaster. It's genuinely a four-minute ride most of the time, something like that. And yet in that four minutes, you're whoosh, whoosh. And so, you know, you're willing to wait in line for that experience. But it's a four-minute experience. But that seems to be what this life is. It's a little four-minute experience. And for a 13-year-old, maybe less. Which one could take from that and say, well, then why do we even come? What's the point if it's only a, a very short time? And to that, I would suggest that. The time that we have here, the things that we experience here, have eternal significance. I would suggest that the things that you're doing now will have a bearing on your eternal progression. That you're learning things now that are going to feed you uh, educationally, experientially, uh, compassionately, in how you envelop in the love of God and of eternity and of heaven forever. And what do we know about what we're meant here to do? Well, all of us do have individual 
missions and purposes. That seems to be clear. But they all seem to come back to this idea of love. And what kind of love? Every kind of love. At least every pure kind of love. Friendship. Romantic love. Family love. Brotherly love. The love of of doing something meaningful, the love of creativity, the love extended to an animal or a plant or, or anything that has any level of experience. Giving and sharing and expending and accepting and receiving love, it all seems to gravitate around love in some way or another. Which on the flip side brings up the question, then what is darkness? And to that I would suggest anything that is a sin against love. Or or some kind of thing that is acting against love. And often, often the most painful or, or cruel acts are acts that are wearing a costume of love, but are really a wolf in sheep's clothing, so to speak. Things such as abuse, things such as manipulation, and even self-loathing, even self-sacrifice to the point of self-loathing. Those are darkness appearing as light. Because we take this word love and we say, oh, it's love. I should love this guy who is terrible to me. I should forgive and and be compassionate towards him and therefore let him do these things to me. That is not love. That is darkness disguising itself as love. I'm beginning to be of the opinion that somebody could spend an entire life studying and trying to understand love from a heavenly perspective, and that it would take more than a lifetime to come to that understanding. But some of the things that seem to come out of it, or at least come out of some of the efforts we've been making in, uh, in studying these things, is this idea that love always has an abundant reciprocation of some kind. So if if there is some kind of, you know, abusive leeching of one person to another, that is not love. But where there is a reciprocating love, uh, where service toward one becomes service to the other, and then the service to, to the other becomes service to the one, it, it rises, they rise together and they grow together. Receiving love, when someone gives you a gift, rather than saying, oh, I can't take this, that is a a small, gentle resistance to love, rather saying, thank you, thank you so much, is an expansion of love. And a resistance to abuse, for example, or a resistance to manipulation or other acts of darkness, is an act of divine love, because it shines light on the darkness which of course terrifies the darkness. And anyone carrying that darkness is going to feel offended and hurt and angered by it because that light of love 
shows them how dark their situation is. And because of that, if, if you stand up and say, no, this ends now. I love myself too much. I love my family too much to allow this to continue. That is an act of light shining into darkness. And in that place, despite the stress, despite the challenge of it, there is strength beyond anything that can be experienced in the darkness. And as that light pushes forward, it opens the way to other light and love to come in. And suddenly, true friends become true friends. And real love becomes real love. And yet at the same time, there is the real and beautiful sacred small things. The kind act, the, the smile, the unsolicited but much needed hug, the extra tip for a waiter that has been having a rough day. Those things, those little acts of kindness, just the, the little pat on the head for the little puppy that comes by, those are acts of love and they are profound. And those are the things that get us to a point where we can see a little more why we're here, what our purpose is, who we are, and where we have the capacity to grow and learn and become. That idea of becoming is really powerful and something that I'm learning over time never stops. It never should. We are eternal beings of light who want more than just about anything to grow and learn and love. And that's what this life seems to be about. Okay, well, as promised, um, I'm going to have to take a short break from the podcast. This is not for anything that's going on with the podcast. It actually has to do with my work. I don't know if I how much I have talked about it um, on the podcast, but I own a small garden shop that we opened a few years ago um, that has been growing a little every year, and it's it's doing well. And as one who has struggled financially, as someone who has struggled with his career, I mean, I'm in my 40s. Most guys in their 40s have a pretty solid career path, and Mine has been much rockier than that. I don't blame my ADHD, but I do recognize it as a factor in the struggles that I've had. And I I have been taking steps to try to treat and learn how to deal with that a little better. And I am learning how to build a career. And in my building, I'm starting to have a little bit of success, not massive financial success. We're not yet to the point where it's getting us a big paycheck, but we are getting to the point where it may start giving us more of a paycheck if it works. And it's one of those things where if we slow the momentum now, it will come crashing down as most of my other efforts eventually have done. And so I've got to put in the work right now and 
and it's now March, as of this recording, I'm now recording on March 1st, and I've kind of seen that as a time when things are really going to start rolling. I'm getting ready for our garden shop in the spring, and I'm just not going to have the time to be doing the podcast every week. And so I'm going to take a, a break for this spring, and I and I hope to be able to come back in the summer um, or when things start slowing down again. I can't guarantee, but I really hope to, and I plan to, so hopefully this will just be a short break. Eventually, I'd love to get to the point where the podcast is able to provide enough you know, support in some way, either through book sales, music sales, maybe if we end up running ads or some other thing, that I can have this actually take over as my primary career thing. But we're not there yet. We're not even close. But um, as for now, I'm happy to take a break in order to be able to keep doing it. So I do hope to be back soon. I will continue to check my email. I'm not the best at seeing it on any kind of a daily basis, but I'll try to check it at least weekly. And I want you all to know that this has been and will continue to be really a blessing an important thing to me. I feel like it is part of my life purpose here on this earth. And I hope that I can keep doing it for years and years to come. But as life is, with its twists and turns, I don't know where we're going to be. (laughs) And that's okay. That's okay. I've come to learn to accept that. So as I said, I will continue to check my email, chaz at ndepodcast.com. And I will give out my personal email that I do check a little more often than once a week, which is chas, C-H-A-S, at willowrise.com. That's W-I-L-L-O-W-R-I-S-E dot com. I do get those NDE uh, emails from, you know, Chaz at NDE podcast forwarded to that email. So I do see those. There's a bit of a delay, but... uh, but, you know, in case anything hiccups and, you're, and you never hear from me, you can use that uh, personal email to uh, contact me. Again, this isn't goodbye. More of a see you soon. So again, thank you all of you so much for listening. Chaz and I thank you for listening to Near Death Experience Podcast. You can reach out to your hosts by using Chaz. C-H-A-S at ndepodcast.org and John, J-O-H-N at ndepodcast.org You can text or call the show at 970-633-2278 That's 970-NDE-CAST Calling allows you to record your message in three-minute increments If your message runs longer than three minutes, just call back and we can splice the segments together. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching NDE Podcast on those sites. And join our Facebook NDE Podcast community. Please leave feedback for the show on iTunes or via whatever application you use to listen to us. Doing so 
will allow our audience to grow and help spread the knowledge about spiritually transformative experiences to more listeners. You can help keep the show financially viable by purchasing Chaz's music or his book under the store link on the ndepodcast.org website or by going to patreon.com slash ndepodcast where you can make a one-time only donation or become an ongoing supporter. Whether you decide to write or call us or you choose to support the show either financially or by writing a review or by listening and sharing us with others, we are so humbly thankful for you. We can't begin to express how much touching you spiritually means to us. Chaz and I thank you for joining us. We hope you keep listening and applying the understanding you gain from the show about your existence after this earthly life so you have a better life right now. And to love one another. This is your host, John Messer, reminding you that it's all about attitude and gratitude. And our attitude should always be love.